All right, we're doing this? Yes. Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name's Aaron Kemp and as always, I am joined by Will Murden. Looking very sharp tonight. Will, got the shirt and tie still on. How are you going? Yeah, got the uh, Oklahoma State tie today. Uh, and I had a good day, so I think the two there's a correlation there between the two. How are you? Hope you've washed your hands. Uh, yes, I've washed my hands. Changing nappies. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I feel like just the existence of like shit getting under your nails that's just like a world you live in and uh don't get me wrong how are you you changing these nappies dude oh mate you gotta get you i mean you know this you you get deep and things happen and there's like fountains and it's like a lava thing and there's a whole thing also boys are an issue on the nappy change like i've changed a few girls in my times like family members and stuff as you do girls are far easier than boys boys are You've got, the boys, you've got the boys to worry about. Absolutely. I'm not <laughs> going to make any fans with our female uh, listeners here, but I do not remember the last time I changed a nappy. Oh, dude. I spend a lot of good time with my boy, but uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm not, not doing a lot in that space at the moment. <laughs> just conveniently happened to duck out when I'm like, ooh, that, that smells a bit right. Someone check what's going on in here. That's okay, though, because you're helping with the dinners and uh, doing the cleaning and the vacuuming, though, aren't you, Will? Uh, look, next question. <laughs> All right, thank you for joining us on this week four preview show. This is College Football Down Under. Uh, we are part of the Vault Studio Podcast Network, so please make sure you do support them and us by heading over to them and, and, and get around JA and the boys and, and all the good content that they are producing over there Burnley Brewing we do need to say a big shout out to them again still waiting on my drops I'm sure you'll visit at some stage Will and, and come meet the boy maybe you know change a nappy and then uh, and then you know maybe we can we can share a beer after that yeah, how does that perhaps, sound perhaps you can show me how it's done <laughs> seriously dude <laughs> alright uh, this is crook and I know it's so so honest as well uh, I, lo- I think I like the preview shows better I like the excitement, the build-up to a particular weekend. I don't mean lo- don't get me wrong. I like the recaps as well, um, but the preview shows are really, really good. I I, I get to look and analyze and f- get a sense of where I think this week's going. So, um, I really do like the preview shows. I, I like the research aspect I, of it as well. One hundred percent with you. I think part of the recap show is the Sunday, like after a big day. It's, it's pretty taxing. So you kind of, it, it's good to spill out everything that you've digested, but it, it can be a bit of a chore where the preview one, it really sets the scene for what you've got coming up. And no matter what going into it, where I haven't had much of a thought about it, as soon as I start sitting down and looking at games, you can't help but get a little bit excited. You're like, oh, fuck, that's on this week. I'm going to I'm gonna really enjoy that. And then you start looking through and start to make your picks and your predictions and all of that sort of stuff. And then you're all of a sudden emotionally invested in the weekend and oh, I'm with you, the the preview show is good. I know the fans like it too because they get an opportunity to make money. Uh, the preview show <laughs> well, this with, year, with, me, with me just giving this out winners. This is where winners. it goes downhill for you as well. We're a quarter of the way through the season now, so things are going to go off a cliff. Um, very quickly, 
Uh, we are week four, so like I like I've been banging the jump for. We've seen most teams play somebody of note at this stage, but is there any team that you want to watch one more time or, or see and just focus on an aspect in more detail, just to get a second opinion on them? My example of this is Michigan. Uh, Michigan have shot up the rankings. Um, uh, S, Bill Connolly in his SP Plus has even suggested that Michigan may be a top seven team or a top six team as well. They may be that good. Um, but I want to see if they're legit in the Big Ten this year because we've seen this from Michigan in the past. Uh, but are they that good? And if they are, and I really hope they are, because if that is the case, in the Big Ten East, you've got them, Penn State, Michigan State, who are a little bit frisky, and Ohio State, who are merely just kind of really good to excellent this year rather than being far and away the class of the uh, conference. Uh, so this could be a really, really fun kind of big tennis i just want to see whether michigan are the real deal or not yeah definitely that's kind of the the highlight one there i think to to figure that out i think the other ranked games are going to give you a bit of uh, an indication as well so arkansas texas a&m like arkansas had that fantastic victory over texas yeah absolutely got to give them points for that a&m we all thought were pretty good to start the year and then kind of ran it really tight with colorado haven't wowed us a lot this one's really going to give us an indication, neutral field, who's the better team, who's the real deal uh, out of that one. So definitely that there. Uh, a, a team like Boston College going, having mm-hmm. Missouri come to town. Like Boston have looked really good. They haven't played any real contenders yet, but this is going to be a tough test for them. So, so that's one in the ACC where that's wide open at the moment. If, if they can lay it down and, and look clean, maybe they are the team that's really looking to challenge whoever it is that's shaken out of the ACC there. And everyone can still win the ACC just about, except for maybe like North Carolina, who are probably the best team in the coast. But they've dropped one already. Florida State are probably out at this point. But there's still a lot of undefeated teams because we haven't even got to conference play yet. Some of that does start this week. Before we get to those game previews, though, Charlie Brewer out at Utah. Just a quick bit of news there on him. Originally at Baylor, when Matt Rule left, he left, transferred across to Utah. Um, And then after his three games, he got hooked on the weekend. Um, after his kind of poor outing by the time that he got benched. They were down 24-10, the Utes were. Cam Rising comes in. He was highly recruited, highly touted, played a little bit last year. He's going to get the starting job from this point on. And Charlie Brewer says farewell. He hasn't played the four games this year, so he can use it as a red shirt, and he will move somewhere else in the transfer portal. So he's just throwing the, the toys out the cot, completely done. Fuck yeah, I'm out. Yeah, uh, I guess like as the coaches say, so Kyle Whittingham came out and said like, oh, it's like a mutual decision and we thank Charlie for his time and all that kind of crap. Um, But yeah, I I guess like this is the world that we live in now with this transfer portal and particularly quarterbacks is if they're not starting. I like how he left a starting gig that he would have had in uh, Waco at Baylor to then go and start at Utah, which is fair enough, but then he gets benched and now he's out. Like... It gives me some hope that the transfer portal isn't going to be a magic fix-all for everybody. And the reason for that is athletes like consistency and jumping and chopping teams and coaches and environments and schools is not good for that consistency. Um, And I think that's a really key aspect to being a good athlete. And you, you listen to it at a higher level is consistency with preparation consistency and knowledge of how you go about things and and execute those things and if you're chopping and changing all the time 
it doesn't help you perform, I don't think. So that's going to be an issue for quarterbacks that want to do this and jump ship all the time. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's a really tough choice to make where you land as a quarterback. And I can understand how perhaps it doesn't work out as you initially had thought and that you may want to second-guess it and move. If you start to see a trend of that, though, or if you if you see someone get beat out and then them pack it in, that's where it, I don't really love it. I, I don't well, like yeah. that. So, so that who's, who's taking him next year? Who's taking him and saying, like, oh, yeah, Charlie Brewer's a... That, that's, As, in terms that, of like you've gone from a power you've gone from two power five schools is there another power five school that's going to pick him up absolutely not Probably a power five not. school it, it now goes down the group of five uh, route and, yeah. and you see what happens there alright that is about it for me let's get into this week's previews we are going to start with the big games first and then we'll go chronologically through the weekend to me there's really two big ranked matchups in this one uh, and we are going to start with them. I will say before we start, the early time slot to me is one. If you don't want to get up at 1.30, yes, there's some good games there, but I think you can give it a miss. I don't think it's a must-see early time slot here. And I say 1.30 central time, uh, but if you're on the East Coast, of course, you've got half an hour either way, and then um, WA totally different. Anyway, we won't get into time zones, but the reality is that I think that early time slot you can miss. Anyway, without further Adieu, adieu, adieu. Uh, Notre Dame at Wisconsin. The first game between these two teams since 1964, which is a bit surprising to me. Just like geographically, they're really, really close together. Um, so I found that quite interesting. Jack Cohn starts against his former team for the Irish. Where do we go with this game? Well, to me, Notre Dame have been really disappointing to start the year. They go on the road to Wisconsin, and they didn't play in week three. So they had the week off, an early bye week for the Badgers. Um, but to me, Notre Dame have got issues this year. They've been very, very mediocre. They've had trouble putting away mediocre teams, Toledo, Florida State, and Purdue. You know, that was all like one possession-ish, last possession games. Um, and the defense hasn't been able to stop the run at all. And that's what Wisconsin will try and do. They will try and run the ball. Not enamored with Graham Mertz at all. I think this game is one on the ground. But I give the ball to Ches Malusi and let him kind of see how he cooks. And uh, I think Wisconsin win this one. Yeah, okay. I mean, I tend to agree with you. And I think you're certainly right that it's that ground game that's going to dictate it. And what Wisconsin do well is take that away. Their run defense has been good through the first couple of weeks. I think they're giving up 33 yards a game on average. And, and they've played Penn State, who are a good team with really good running back stable. Uh, we know it's what Kyron Williams is the back at Notre Dame. He's a player. He's a stud. He, if the Irish are to win this neutral site one at Soldier Field, he's got to get off the leash. He's got to find a way through that and have an impact. I just think it's asking too much against a really good defense. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. I, I, I don't see these two teams lighting it up. As you said, Graham Mertz has been disappointing. I was big on him at the start of the year. He doesn't look like he's taken a step forward. Wisconsin don't look like they've changed their offense to allow him to do that. They look like they're going back to their old ways, which has worked for them. I can understand why they do that. I guess I was just optimistic that they might be kind of adjusting things to help them get to the top of the Big Ten, but we haven't seen that. I don't think we will see it. I think it's going to be a tight arm wrestle of a match. I, I have Wisconsin coming out on top, but not with huge confidence because it's going to be a one-score game. 
this is going to be tight. It's it's going to come down to something late, and and either team will be in it. I think on top of that, you got Paul Chris, the head man at Wisconsin, like Wisconsin. He's going to know the every the ins and outs of Jack Cohn as well. What he likes, what he doesn't like, what he reads on third down, what he sees, what his tendencies are. They're going to know that guy inside and out. I don't know how much of an advantage that is, um, you know, but it can't be a disadvantage to have that kind of familiarity with the signal caller on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. Like when to blitz, when not, what is what is your like, what coverages? Uh, you're spot on. That's, that's a good call. That has to play into things. For sure. All right, let's move on. Number seven, Texas A&M. And number 16, Arkansas. Both head to Jerry World. They go to AT&T Stadium there in Dallas or Fort Worth or whichever one it is. I get them all confused. Um Arlington? It's in Arlington, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Nailed it. Um, okay, I will definitely watch this one. Five o'clock game. I'm getting up for this one. Uh, I think the Aggies are coming up against a well-coached team uh, and they're doing it with a backup and inexperienced quarterback in a big ranked matchup. They've got more talent, yes. Uh, Jimbo Fisher is a good coach and he's he's got that Texas A&M program humming and now they're to the point where they're happy that he paid him that 10 years, 70 million or whatever it was because um, he's got that recruiting up. That defense looks solid. But you are going in against a team that likes to own the line of scrimmage if they can. An offensive lineman for a head coach means they must be good on the lines and they're pretty reasonable. Um, and then on top, like I said, you've got that backup quarterback with Haynes King out. How do you see this one playing out for Texas A&M? Uh, despite the fact that they go in six-point favorites, do you see a world in which Arkansas can win this one? I mean, not for me. I am all in on A&M in this matchup. I like them in this spot. I, I really like that defense of theirs that they've got. And I, I think it's just smothering to the point that Arkansas aren't able to keep up. I, I have my question marks around A&M. And you mentioned we've got Calzada in, the backup uh, quarterback there. He's been serviceable. And I think he's kind of coming on a little bit. He, he would be buoyed by a couple of games behind him. It is a neutral field. But it is in Texas. So yeah. I, I do expect A&M faithful to be there in, in large numbers there. I feel it's going to be more of a, a Texas A&M home game than it will be an Arkansas one. Uh, and, and to that fact, I think it's going to help. Now, Arkansas have been really good. KJ Jefferson, real dual threat type. Uh, they got Trey Burks, who's been the man that we talked about in the preseason at that wide receiver position, who's a difference maker. But this is a different beast they're coming up against from a defensive standpoint uh, over on that A&M side of the ball. So I'm going to back that in to be restrictive. I, th I think that they're going to be able to keep this Arkansas team to two scores or less. And then on the back of that, they'll be able to put a few away themselves and, and win this by you know two to three touchdowns. Interesting. I, I don't disagree. I think, uh, you know, Trade Burks is a really, really good one. But I think Arkansas can muddy it up a little bit more than that as well. Run the ball effectively. Traylon Smith's been okay in that backfield for the Pigs. So I think there's an opportunity potentially, I know you're going up against a really good defensive front, but potentially try and run the ball and really, you know, take the air out of the ball a little bit, take some time off the clock. Arkansas got that big scalp to start the year against Texas, and I think they can get another one here. I know this is a different beast altogether, but it's not like the Aggies have started well. They struggled against Colorado. They were five minutes away from losing that game. They've managed everyone else, but they haven't really played that well. And I think on the offensive side of the ball, if you can take Isaiah Spiller away, 
he's going to be the one that has to get going in that running back position. He's probably one of the best backs in the country. But if you can slow him down, force the ball into Calzada's hands, I, I think you give yourself the best chance uh, to win if you're Arkansas in that space. I just you, you don't want to lose to the running back. And I think that if that happens, then they've got no chance. If they force it into the hands of the QB and he pulls out the win, so be it. I think A&M are more talented, sure, but Arkansas, this isn't... To me, I don't think it's going to be three scores. I think it's going to be far closer than that. All right. Whew. Off to a flying start here. We were just in the zone early tonight. It's a bit Absolutely. of an early start for us, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. You've had... You're not working, so you're just a full-on football analyst at the moment. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I have been, yeah, deep diving a lot. It's It's actually quite enjoyable. Like, I could do it. And I like Do that I we're able to, we're, we're kind of able to break up the good run that we've had so far with this sort of bullshit, where we yeah, can yeah. really kind of just slow yeah, it down. Yeah, just really munching people's into people's time that yeah, they have wasted. So we're out in the weeds here again. Uh, all right, Saturday. So let's go early here. This obviously isn't on the Sunday. On Saturday, Wake Forest at Virginia. There's a couple of early games that are interesting in the group of five, but I think Wake Forest at Virginia is an interesting one in this landscape of the ACC. Wake really good last week. Virginia put up some points against UNC there at home. I think this is another shootout here. So that's why I'd say if you've got some time on Saturday, there appears to be points available in this one. I do get that the AFL Grand Finals on there. Um, but the the grand final is like an evening thing now, mate. So this can wa- I mean, warm you up. Tailgate whilst watching the, the Wake Virginia game, and then you can go in hot to your uh, AFL GF. What are you doing for the AFL grand final? Uh, I'm just looking after the kids. The other half is a Melbourne supporter, so I'm trying to uh, put my nomination forward for Father of the Year and Partner of the Year. And, uh, By changing gonna, a nap, are you going to change a nappy on Saturday? Is there a chance that that happens? There's, there's every chance. I'm going to be babysitting. Or is it so. just going to be like a pantless Saturday? Pantless, pants off Saturday. That's what you're nah, going to roll with. I'm assuming he's going to go to bed before the game starts and then he's asleep. So happy days. All right, let's get into Sunday. The early slot. This one to me is one of the most uh, entertaining ones. The, the Iron Skillet between TCU and SMU. Yes, not a Power 5, Power 5 matchup, but a really, really good one. This one has been pretty one-sided recently, though. So despite last year's win by SMU, 41-38, TCU have won 17 in the last 20, and a lot of those were blowouts. So if history is instructive here, TCU are favorites. They're going in 10-point favorites. They're probably going to win this one and pretty handily if we look at the history of the game. Now... Of course, you can do the opposite of that and just go, history means nothing, and let's throw those records out completely. Both teams moving the ball on offense okay, but again, small sample size at this start stage, a little hard to tell. There is a little bit of a common opponent here, though. TCU played LA Tech in their bowl game last year. I know people change and move on. They're different teams, but they blew them out. SMU played LA Tech last week and needed a last play Hail Mary. Again, common opponent, what does that mean? Uh, take out of that as you will. I don't have much confidence in either team at the moment, if I'm honest. TCU struggled against Cow, but got over the line there. And I actually think every single outcome in this game is on the table at this stage. I think SMU can win big. I think they can win tight. I could also see a world in which TCU win huge or they win tight as well. So I've got really no lean either way, but to me it should be points and it should be entertaining. 
Oh, definitely going to be entertaining, and, and I think this is a really exciting matchup. And you talked about that one thirty slot, you know, not not necessarily getting up for it. I will because there are a number of games that it's worthwhile getting around. It's not just the Wisconsin Notre Dame game. Yes, that's certainly going to be front and center for me, but I'm going to have this one on a side screen definitely because there's going to be fireworks. And this SMU team three and O, TCU two and O, an undefeated matchup at this start. This is probably one of those ones where we're going to find out about these teams. Tanner Mordecai, the QB at SMU, has been fucking amazing this year. Any, like, any quarterback at SMU is, though. Like, it I mean, you're right. But if you look at his numbers, he's 80 of 110 for over 1,000 yards already, <laughs> 16 touchdowns, and two interceptions. They've played three fucking games. That is nuts. <laughs> like th- Those numbers are fantastic. You see that and you go, well, how did they win on the last play in their last game? Because it seems like every game he's played, he's been fantastic. And, and I expect that to be the case as well. He, he's a good one that they got across from Oklahoma. The TCU uh, 425 defense, I think, will present a few issues. He's not going to have it its own his own way and... That, that's gonna. We learned, I like. I I keep hearing this Gabe Patterson four two five defense. It's been around long enough now that we've got answers to this four two five split field coverage stuff. Like it, it's not. It, we it do, but I think T- you're downplaying. TCU aren't holding teams to eighteen points or less. Like they're still getting scores put up on them. I, it has aged a little bit at this stage. And if there's anything that we know about college football, it continually moves, and offenses have done that. And I just don't know if this four two five has grown with some of this offensive stuff and and we keep saying this i don't know if it's true anymore but perhaps it's not what it once was but i think you are downplaying gary patterson and and the role that he has in making this horn frogs program a, a really good one Con- i'm not playing, downplaying okay. him as a coach and and him but having that's a special you in a really good like, spot i'm just i'm just questioning the defensive um you know, and it, it certainly is a bit of it is certainly a bit of a narrative. I mean, they gave up thirty odd points to Cow, who <laughs> I, I, that's got to be a first time that's happened in Donkey. So <laughs> there's certainly some questions on the back of that. I, I just think it's going to be a one of the hardest defenses that SMU are going to have to come up against this year, bar say a Cincinnati. So it's going to be tough, but they've got dudes to do it. Ulysses Bentley the fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth. It, it, don't mi- don't mix him up with the third. Well, his old man. No, of course. Yeah. <laughs> also a superstar uh, in the Texas area, I'm sure. Um, so look, it, it is going to be a good game. Uh, I'm fascinated. I'm steering well clear for, of it from a betting front. Uh, it, it, there's just, as you said, too many variable, too many outcomes in this one for me to have yeah. any confidence around where it's going to land. And that's why I think it's an exciting one to to watch. Yeah. I wanted to. I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've like five minutes in, I was like, yep, SMU are going to cover that 10 points. Sure. And then I was like, oh, actually, nah, TCU are going to cover. Like, and I was just yeah. bouncing around all exactly over the place. Right. You could talk yourself field. into either one. Yeah. And then that's when you're like, you know what? Fucking yeah. no. Uh, fun fact in this one, I found a few nugs. Obviously, you got a bit of t- go. extra time, but 1918, SMU won this contest. Won nothing. No. That would have been a riveting game, no doubt. You're looking up soccer. That's that's the female. Do they do they play not... female soccer in 1918? Ugh. Is that allowed? That would have been the war. Like war? Fin- no, no, it wouldn't have. Yeah, 1940, 1918. Yeah, end of yeah. World War One. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> LSU at Mississippi State. LSU go into favourites. Uh, go in favourites in this one, despite being on the road. 
Mississippi State, the Bulldogs still haven't put it all together. Um, the big offensive game that we expect from Air Raid Mike Leach just hasn't been there yet. On top of that, you've got the revenge spot for the Tigers who conceded the most passing yards in SEC history in this game last year and set the world on fire. Mississippi State have been up and down. They handled NC State, but they lost to Memphis last week. And I know you really rate Memphis, but I don't know that they're actually that great. Mississippi State doubled their yardage. They won the turnover battle, but still lost. And I think part of that is nine penalties. That doesn't help. And when you see a scoreline like that, and you see ups and downs and inconsistent plays and penalties um, and dominating teams but not winning, that is generally, to me, a sign of inexperience. Um, a little bit of uh, you know inability to finish teams off and potentially some coaching as well. So, and I think Mike Leach, you know, echoed those sentiments throughout the week as well, and particularly his press conference post uh, the Memphis loss. But to me, I'm just really confident in LSU here. I, I don't, I don't, and again, Mississippi State are a bit like their coach. They're a little bit enigmatic. Like they could come out and, and play really, really well here and blow LSU out, or they could do something weird and, and probably struggle. And, and I think LSU probably win this one. Yeah, look, I'm with you and I don't like it. Like, if if you sit down and analyse this one, Mississippi State at home are a different team. Starkville is tough to play. I I mentioned that when they won there a couple of weeks ago in a game that they were not expected to. And that factoring into it, along with what we've seen from LSU so far, which has not been a lot, they lost that one against UCLA, which you probably give them a pass on because of the lead up and all that shit there. But the other games that they've had have been against McNeese, I think it is, and mm-hmm. Central Michigan. And yeah, they won comfortably, but not in convincing fashion in both of them. Like, we still don't know about this Tigers outfit. So yeah. if, if anything, you know, the everything we've seen so far, the data is telling us Mississippi State are the play, but it's LSU for me. I, I still believe that that in that talent, in that defensive pairing they have on the outside there, uh, and Max Johnson starting to come together and and make an impact. I like LSU in this one, and and the fact that their favourites kind of surprised me a little. But then when I started to really think about it, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm quite confident in LSU to pull. Uh, through and 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 win this one uh, in the hostile confines of Starkville. Yeah, again, I, d- I don't have a great feel for it either. Um, Will Rogers has been pretty good, but sort of putting up the numbers you'd expect from an air raid, an air raid quarterback. I think LSU need to get more out of their running game at this point. They're only averaging 85 yards a game on the ground. That's not going to get it done. You're forcing the ball into Max Johnson's hands a little too much without some consistent running. Now, I know Mississippi State put up like 40 yards a game. That's part of the air raid. That's just what they do. So, But LSU do want to move the ball on the on the ground a little bit. Uh, and look out for Keishon Boutte as well. He's going to do some work this week for LSU, I think. So uh, he's already got six touchdowns on the year, which is ridiculous. Uh, That's crazy. But yeah, isn't it just... Give me LSU, but just, again, steering clear of this one on the punt. Still in the early slot, Missouri at Boston College. Now, if Purdue and Oregon State earlier in the year was the Kent Bowl, this game is certainly the Murden Bowl. <laughs> Who is going to win this one, Will? 
Uh, I'm Boston College at home. I'm, I'm a believer yeah. in the Eagles <laughs> this, in this one. Uh, look, this Missouri team, you're right. These are two teams that I uh, are quite fond of. And nice little out-of-conference matchup that we've got here. But for me, watching Missouri in that matchup against Kentucky, whilst it was exciting, I, I saw some big holes in that team. And I don't believe that they are a well-rounded SEC unit that's going to come across into the ACC, flex on them, and and then kind of pull away. I think the fact that this one's in Chestnut Hill and that Boston College are full of confidence at the moment, playing really good football on both sides of the ball, has me a strong believer that they're going to continue on their good form and, and win this one quite well in the end. So uh, Basilak's obviously a good player and, and will keep this one interesting but I'm I'm quite quite in on this Boston College team at the moment and I think the fact that they're at home drives this one for them and that they can continue on their good run yeah fair enough um be interesting to see how this game goes I think Zay Flowers needs to have a big one for BC we want to continue to see plenty out of him because he's a really really talented wide receiver on the outside and your boy Connor Basilak let's see how he goes already has nine touchdowns on the year which doesn't sound like heaps if you're playing computer games Uh, but in terms of we haven't seen elite uh, quarterback numbers really too much this year yet so he is trucking along just nicely All right, as we continue to push on in the early slate, Texas Tech at Texas. I don't know if you've got any comments on that one. Will, I think matchup. I think people are still sleeping on Texas Tech a little bit. So I think the pop... the the Yeah, I think the popular choice is Texas here. And even though they dropped that one to... Uh, Arkansas early on. People think that they've got a lot of talent, that Sark's a good coach, and, and that they're going to run through this one. I think Texas Tech are a decent team, and, and they're going to have a showing in this one. So they're not going to, uh, Texas won't have it they're all their own way, and this one, for me, is going to be a lot closer than people expect. I don't think that's the case, and I know this line started at about minus nine or something for Texas, and it's come in to maybe might like seven points a touchdown favorite at this point something like that and i'm going against public money in this one and you get a little bit of a taste of that maybe later all right let's get into the good time slot that is five o'clock a.m here in south australia clemson at nc state can clemson find some offense please for the first time in what feels like years and years and years the offense at Clemson has stalled out hard to start the season. Now, I don't think NC State are the offensive team that I thought they would be either, but they do give themselves a chance. Against Mississippi State, they really struggled to run the ball. So I think Zonovan Knight, he's going to need to have a better game if they're going to get Clemson here. Clemson's defense is fantastic, but like I've said, this offense is a mess. They don't have an out-and-out guy at running back like they've had in the past. The offensive line is inexperienced and struggling to bully people. If They've done a bit of a reshuffle and they've got freshmen and, and sophomores all over that line. Um, and already this year, they've put the ball on the ground 11 times. 11 fumbles in three games. Now, they haven't lost all of those, but that's not good. And DJU is just not as free and easy as he was in his two starts last year. He is having some real growing pain. So I expect this one to be pretty low scoring. I think Clemson's defense is good. I think Clemson's offense is... Ugh. 
mediocre at best at the moment. Now, could they find a groove? Sure. But at the moment, they haven't got that and they're relying on big wide receivers, possession type guys. They don't have a change of gear either in the backfield and, well, they did. And then Lin uh, Jay Dixon has transferred. He's put his name in the transfer portal. So they lose that scat backy third down receiving type guy out of the backfield. So they're just a little bit of a mess all over the place at the moment. Um, I know Dabo Swinney's come out and said, oh, like, let's just calm down, calm down. It'll all happen. It'll all happen. But it's not looking great for Clemson in terms of where they've been in the past. So I still think they win this one, but oh, they are uh, a hard team to watch at the moment. Yeah, oh, look, comparatively speaking, it's certainly very different from what the, the Clemson faithful have ex- experienced over the last few years. But I've still got faith in that coaching uh, outfit that it can all click together. And I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen here, To for them to have a bit of a statement. Now, that's probably a little bit disrespectful for NC State because they're a good football program. They've been a very good football program for a, a number of years and they're at home. So they're going to give this one a hell of a shot. It's just that Clemson, for me, have been the class. And I I think that's still there. Yes, as you mentioned, that there's a lot of turnover and, and some things that need to be figured out. But we're talking about DJU as, as one of the premier players at the position uh, at the start of the year. Like He has that skill set. He has the tool set to be able to explode and do that. And I think it's a matter of time of when that happens, not if it happens. So I'd be willing to back that in every week until we see it. And I think it very much well could be this week. Well, it may not happen this year as well. Like this could be, he could be a bit of a slow burn. Again, something we don't see in college football too much, but he may not light the world on fire early. All right, let's move on. Washington State at Utah, Iowa State at Baylor, Rutgers at Michigan. Anything on those three in the kind of five o'clock slot? Look, that Rutgers-Michigan game that you've talked to there is certainly going to be an interesting one because we're going to figure out a lot about both of these programs. So Rutgers have been really good under Shiano since he's uh, come across. They were one of the worst teams in the Power Five ranks uh, as as soon as, what, two years ago? Like, not last season, the year before, they were fucking garbage. And now they've started the year 3-0, and they're putting up big scores on teams, they're looking dangerous. So the fact that we're even kind of discussing this is awesome for that program and the direction that they're heading in. At the same time, Michigan are looking good. Like, they're looking really, really <laughs> big fucking good. Big with a question mark, they're looking good. Well, I mean... Until we see otherwise, you got to back it in, right? And I like it because I like to see some of these these big blue blood powers that have been terrible for uh, quite some time now start to turn the corner. And, and perhaps that's what we're seeing here. They've been very faithful to Harbour there uh, in backing him in, giving him an extension when everyone's calling for uh, his head. And it's the unpopular way to go. So if this is the case and they are actually turning it around and, and they are going to be good, then... I like to see that. I like to see the situation similar to like the AFL, right, where Simon Goodwin was on the hottest of seats at the start of the year. Uh, they had they didn't make the finals uh, last year, and and they obviously had a talented list, but they backed him in, and now he's turned around, one coach of the year, and gone on. You saw it with Hardwick previously at Richmond before. This is can, an AFL show, dude. Let's but push on. I, I guess what I'm saying is, can that possibly be the case? in Michigan, where he's been given the time to instill his culture and, and his plan, and, and maybe they're going to be the team in the Big Ten this year. Crazier things could happen. 
True, true. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to see it from Michigan uh, first. I think in the other games, Utah desperately need a win. And, and if they're anything or even building towards next year, I know that's brutal to talk about already a quarter of the way through the season, but that's where they're at. They're not going to be in the Pac-12 race, you wouldn't think. Um, they're going to have to certainly run the table if that is the case. Uh, and that starts this week against Washington State. So they need to give their fans something to get excited about because this is has the potential to be the most down Utah team perhaps I've seen. I would have to look back at the numbers, but um, you know it, it's been a fairly long time since Utah isn't in and around the mark for Pac-12 championship football. Definitely. And I mean, and Matt Campbell, sorry, on that last game that we talked about, Matt Campbell at Iowa State is not going to have it all his own way against Baylor. Mm. They're 3-0. and Dave Aranda looks like he's steadied the ship there and potentially could get a really big scalp super early on in, in his coaching time there. So this one's all set up. It, it's a tough road match there. Uh, so Iowa State get what touchdown favourites at this point. That feels about right, but... Would not be shocked to see the Bears come out and surprise an Iowa State team who, yes, they beat the shit out of UNLV last week, but that was just to spite you. Uh, outside of that, I haven't shown all that much. Uh, have you heard Dave Rand speak recently? Not recently. Do you have I a stroke or like something? a throat lozenge or something. Okay. Like his voice is cooked. Well, he spent a lot of time with. Uh, Ed O, right? So yeah. I think it, <laughs> you know how you know how sometimes when you spend a lot of time with people, you start to pick up on their mannerisms and shit. He just started talking uh, like him, and I think uh, he was sitting across, yeah. and he's like, "Are you taking the piss?" <laughs> yeah, like, do you that's think they? Like. Yeah, it's it's good. That was actually wasn't your worst Im- impression there. We I, I wasn't uh, going to go there, but I did. You did. You went for it, and you actually, you know, you. I thought you may come up small here, but you've, uh, you've, you've come through with the goods in a, in a big spot. So well done. Uh, all right, seven o'clock. As we move on into a, a little bit of a, a sweeter spot here, this is kind of seven or seven-ish around that mark. Let's start in the Pac-12 again. UCLA at Stanford. Well, your boys. What the hell are Stanford this year? They have been up and down. And they are like the chaos team of 2021, and I love it. So bring me more Stanford football. I'm assuming they've got like exams or some shit going on, and that's why like they, they need to cram for those some weeks, so they've got no time for football. And then other weeks they've got some kind of a lot of freeze. Do you still have freeze in college? I don't know, but if you, they've got some time up I'm their sure sleeves. I'm sure they do. And, and, and they're just able to kind of calculate the angles on the football field to really get after it. I guess what I'm saying is they're a bunch of clever cunts, and you're right, they are just all over the shop at the moment. So UCLA had the letdown against Fresno State last week. They've got to now pick themselves up and head on the road. I think there's going to be points in this one. Zach Charbonnet will be able to run the ball again for UCLA. Stanford have been pretty balanced on offense with both the run and the pass. And yet you go back and you have a look at strictly the numbers. I'm not having a look at gameplay um, too much. Obviously, have watched them and, and checked out some highlights and scrubbed through their um, games and things like that. But they just don't look that great. They, that great. Like they haven't done anything special. They're mediocre running the ball. They're mediocre passing the ball. Um, McKee's going okay at that quarterback position. Their defense ranks 83rd in the country, so I don't think they're that great there. And you can get them like the offense is quite balanced. The defense is quite balanced in what they give up on a week-to-week basis. Sometimes it is the run. Sometimes it is the pass. So I think UCLA are going to be able to move the ball. 
But on the flip side of that, UCLA's defense went off a cliff last week, and that was the concern coming into the year, particularly along that defensive line, is can they hold up? Can they hold up against the run specifically? And if not, this is going to make this really, really difficult. And we saw what Fresno State did to them last week. And that is on the cards again, I think, for these two teams. So to me, the logical play here is the take the point, like take the points. We're going over here. So uh, I think that probably happens. However, knowing my luck, these probably end up in some sort of defensive slugfest. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's how I see that one playing out. But I think UCLA win. Yeah, okay. I mean, Stanford plus five and a half on the back of 240 plus point victories feels like easy money. Uh, That's but come in a bit because where did I have it? Minus, oh, it's five and a half. So it's come in just yeah. a touch. Isn't that what I said? Five and a half? Yeah, it's well, it was opened at six and a half. So okay. I got it, I saw it at six and then it's come into five and a half. So yeah, and, and I could see why, like Stanford at home with the points there, but UCLA are the better team here. I think their, their run game and the multi, multifaceted approach that they can take there is really going to uh, have this Cardinal team struggling, and that's going to be the difference. Tennessee at Florida. So the Vols head to the swamp this week. Florida, obviously, really, really good last week against Alabama. Their pass defense outside of that first quarter was excellent, led by Kair Elam. Uh, and particularly after halftime, they were fantastic on the back end. They were sticky. Uh, and that will be the case against a Tennessee team that will want to run the ball as the priority Um and, and not be able to pass it because that's not really at this stage what they have shown, particularly with Joe Milton at quarterback. If they are going to run the ball, I was impressed by the interior of Florida's defensive line. They held up pretty well against Brian Robinson last week. It was on the edges that they got found out. Um, so we're going to have to see if those edge defenders, be it linebackers, defensive ends, are going to be able to hold up against a team that does want to run the ball. I love a letdown game. And this certainly qualifies as one for Florida. So I could see that. Don't be surprised to see this game tight at half time, And then Florida will warm up into it. And, and having a solid running game means they'll, you know, stretch their legs in the second half and just control the line of scrimmage. But don't expect um, Florida to me to come busting out of the gates and show exactly what they showed last week against Alabama. I think that Tennessee are going to run this close, at least initially. Okay. I mean... Tennessee haven't won down in Florida since 2003. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and the last three outings... Uh, yeah, uh, the last three outings, Dan Mullen uh, has managed to win by an average of 22 points uh, in those. I, th I think this follows suit. Uh, so, the, like, the line's around 20. Three scores feels about right. Your, your take on the fact that it could be a, a bit of a slower start for them, absolutely, but... You know, I, I think that they kind of are the, are the much better team uh, as oh, it stands at the moment at home. No three three scores, it would be easy for them, and, and that's probably playing within themselves. Uh, when you look at betting lines, you're far more the gambler than what I am, and the numbers clearly indicate that at the moment. Do you take into account... Uh, the human element of your betting, whether that be potential look-ahead spots, potential let-down spots, um, things like that, or is it simply a numbers game to you? Who has the more talented list? Who are playing better at the moment in terms of the numbers they're producing? Because um, I tend to lean into the human element and it's hard to quantify that, um, but these are kids and they, they that does play into some games, but is that something you consider? 
Yeah, look, it, it's certainly more that, and I'm probably going away from both of those, to be honest. Like, the, the, the pure stats game is not a good one to get in, because I've tried to play that, and, and it hasn't worked. I mean, whatever you're calculating, Vegas is calculating better, if, if that's yeah. what you want to be playing at. So I don't think that your answer's there. And, and the human element's so difficult to predict, because you've got like 70 humans on either side of it. And yes, you can kind of get an understanding of collectively what they're thinking about and, and the factors that come into it. But it, it is incredibly difficult for us to make that decision with the limited knowledge we have of these programs, unless you kind of really dialed into it and a, a beat follower of the team and know that, you know, someone close to the program has passed away, like all of that sort of stuff. It, it's so hard to be across all of that to, to use that. I think for mine, it's more now looking at situations that seem a little bit off or a little bit odd where the line has been set and then kind of making a judgment call on the the team one way or the other and, and like focusing in on one of the teams in that situation to give myself a real understand, like a real narrative in my mind of why something is going to happen and, and, I'm, and uh, that's kind of how I'm trying to approach it I look at a line and I go that that doesn't seem right to me and then I try and build the narrative around that as to how I think things will play out and it seems to be working all right so that being yeah, said I mean, I'll go so you're storytelling that's what you're trying to do you're telling a story you're making up a story in your own head so this is like yeah, creative writing time. And you're winning with that. So well done. Uh, Nebraska at Michigan State, as we move on, do you have any great deep thoughts about these two teams who over the last 12 months probably have struggled a little bit and then you're probably seeing them go in two different directions as we speak right now? Yeah, look, definitely. You kind of talked down this Michigan State team. and Still will. And Still it's will. interesting to see that they've only opened three and a half point favorites here. So Nebraska have not been good. They're at home. Yeah. This is quite a tight line. I am, am willing to back them in. Uh, I think they're probably a little bit better than what you're saying. So I think they get over the top of that line in this one and, and win a, a little bit more comfortably than what you're suggesting there. But... I think, oh, do we find out more about these guys now that they're playing each other? Maybe, maybe not. It's still one that, you know, if if it goes either way, there's there's still going to be question marks for the team that comes out on top. I, th- could, I think they're both, just... they're going to end up middling sides, the two of these yeah, guys. And it, and it, it, it feels like the sort of game where you watch it and you get a result and you're like, yeah, that's about where I thought they were and I don't have any great takeaways. It's like, yep, yep that's, that's what happens. I yep. think Adrian Martinez, if he can play as well as he did last week, um, I think Nebraska get home in this one. But again, I kind of want Michigan State to be good so the Big Ten East is even deeper again. We talked about Penn State, you know, Michigan and Ohio State. If, Penn, if Michigan State can jump in there as well and shock somebody somewhere, uh, I think that's even better for the health of the Big Ten. I do think they're well coached um, and that was clearly evident last week against a team that is horribly coached. Uh, and... I think they are going to be solid. They're going to be a tough out each week. I don't. I don't really have a take on this one either way. I think probably the line's about right, and I'd say maybe Michigan State like thread the needle, win the game, but don't cover, which is you know three and a half points. So that obviously means you're left with a one, two, or three point victory. All right, Kansas State at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State six point favorites in this one. I am liking K-State on the road against your mob. So tell me first, not about how Oklahoma State are going to win, but how are K-State going to beat your mob in this game? 
Well, so K State undefeated uh, this year. Both teams are, and by the the grace of God, I don't know how. Um, <laughs> Oklahoma, like the reason that K State, so so these two teams historically, when they play uh, off in Stillwater, play in tight matchups. I think four of the last five have been decided by less than a score. Uh, so, so it's a tight tussle. They match up well. Uh, historically, they've been two fairly well-coached teams coming up against each other, and it's been a bit of an arm wrestle, and I think it's kind of been the home crowd that have helped uh, Oklahoma State get ahead in those ones. But th- Any danger not- of answering my question here? Any danger of answering my question? Oklahoma State have not showed a lot this year and are severely depleted in a number of key positions on the field. I think this Kansas State team is showing that they're fairly well-rounded uh, and that they'll be able to exploit some of that. If they can play some some really solid defense, they can certainly keep Oklahoma State from scoring a whole heap of points because uh, we, we just don't see that anymore, apparently. So <laughs> Kansas State, on the back of that, will certainly be in a tight matchup. And, and then it's just about who can win important moments of the game, who can do something on special teams, who can make a big play happen. Uh, and, and then that could potentially decide this one. Where's this sitting? Six points. I might even take Kansas State in this one, plus the points at least. Yeah, I, I think um, it's an interesting one because all of a sudden you're having to get used to defensive football, and you're not used to that as an Oklahoma State fan or a Big 12 fan, and this is almost becoming consistent across the conference a little bit that defenses are starting to you know, have their play on these teams rather than these big high-scoring shootouts that we have historically seen. I don't think any team's going to run the ball particularly well. Oklahoma State conceding just 2.6 yards per rush and K-State just 1.9. So moving the ball on the ground is tough sledding against these defenses. You put the ball in the hands of your quarterback and Spencer Sanders has been uh, just a frustrating operator really for you guys. I think like there's times where he just he gets out the gate really quickly or he puts together like three drives consecutively and looks really good and then the rest of the game just doesn't move the ball yeah and, and i put a lot of that down to coaching i, I yeah. it often is what's scripted up and what works for them also in his defense i think the offensive line play has been pretty fucking piss poor a lot of the time and there's no receiver on the field at the moment who has played games before like they're all true freshmen ac- across the board and it's kind of showing a little bit so you got it, a running it, back that's making some noise Jalen Warren uh, yeah. is a transfer who came in from Utah State, ran for over 200 yards last week. And I, like, I think we're just a run-heavy team now. Passed for seven <laughs> yards in the first half, so we're just kind of like Georgia Tech, which <laughs> may not match up all that well with a, a Kansas State team that seems to be stuffing it, but that's obviously going to be the matchup, right? That, that K-State defense and Oklahoma's power run offense that they've got going on. 1.9 yards a game. Uh, West Virginia at Oklahoma, so staying in the Big 12. Who you got in this one? I've still got no idea about Oklahoma. To me, they've been less than impressive so far outside of one interception, which was amazing. The West Virginia offense has big consistency questions, and we saw that again last week, jumping out the blocks. A little bit similar to Spencer Sanders. Puts up three scores very quickly, then doesn't move the ball the rest of the game. But having said that, Oklahoma's defense, which was supposed to be good to start the year, has been less than that. So... Where does this one shake out? And do Oklahoma finally, finally take the handbrake off here and just blow a team out? Uh, I see that plan out in this one. So uh, Oklahoma in Norman, uh, they like 
I'm not going to say that they grow a leg so much as West Virginia lose one when they're away from home. They're, they're a different team on the road, and they tend to struggle a fair bit. And on the back of that, I, I think Oklahoma just kind of trash them. Uh, can we get more out of Spencer Sanders? He's been fractionally disappointing, I think, this year. Is that Spencer fair? Rattler? Spencer Rattler, not Spencer Sanders. Sorry, I'm still hung up on Spencer's. Yeah, it's weird that the two teams have both got a Spence. But uh, look, absolutely, I think you can. Yeah, you don't win the Heisman in the first three weeks of the year, so you've got to kind of build that campaign up. You can't be out front because then you're not going to win it. And he, and he was in preseason, so he's quickly made sure that he's kind of dirted his name off a little bit and now he'll start to build and get his name up in lights. Yeah, and let's get more out of Nick Benito, please, on that Oklahoma defense. Had a lot of hype. A lot of hype. All right, let's continue trucking along here. Any takes on North Carolina at Georgia Tech? Obviously, Georgia Tech last week pushed Clemson. North Carolina were up big. Then they were even. Then they were up big again and appear to be maybe rolling again in the ACC. Um, but is there any chance Tech can win this one at Bobby Dodd? I do not believe so, no. I think they had their shot last week. I think North Carolina... Are probably getting slept on a little bit now, uh, but they had that yeah, f- that first week loss, and everyone kind of has disregarded them. I think they're still pretty darn good, uh, and that they're going to continue to build across this ACC year. I I very much see a world where they win every game they play from here on Ooh, uh, through the ACC. Okay, late games, 10.30. Now, mostly Pac-12. This is where you really tune in. This is your kind of money-making time, so to speak. This is like the equivalent of like one o'clock in the morning down Hindley Street, the pizza joints. Like this is you. You're the pizza joint of watching college football at 10.30. I am a little bit worried because I'm looking through my picks this week and I've got no one in the pack 12 no one in this window. Does that bode poorly for me? Perhaps. I don't know. Stay tuned. Know. Let's have a quick look. Not that I have got heaps here, but Cal at Washington. Washington appear to be maybe improving. Not too sure about them at this stage. Hard. Yeah, well, true. Oregon State at USC. So Keaton Slovis goes out last week. Jackson Dart comes in and leads the Trojans to a big win. It's three hundred and ninety-one touch. Uh, three hundred ninety-one touchdowns. Three hundred ninety-one yards and a bunch of touchdowns in the air. But this week, Slovis is back, and Jackson Dart comes out. He suffered a leg injury, a knee injury, uh, during the game last week against Washington State. So Slovis has been cleared, and he is back taking first team reps. So it looks like USC. Uh, are back at maybe full strength in the quarterback room at least. I think they're just going to out-talent Oregon State at this stage. Yeah, certainly. I, I think that's the case also. Colorado at Arizona State. Are the Sun Devils going to bounce back or are Colorado going to be the frisky team against A&M or are they going to be the bad team that they we saw from Minnesota? I expect more of the bad team we saw against Minnesota. Arizona State would be very disappointed after last week's effort and they'd be looking to make amends any other oh, actually i've got a couple in the group of five that i'd like to get to marshall versus app state that game is on friday i think that one can be quite entertaining should be reasonable scoring in that one grant wells already over a thousand yards for him at marshall um, and app state a you know one of the top probably five or six group of five programs this is a really, really good game you'd expect. Both teams two and one, um, but look for points in this one. Yeah, definitely. I love these Thursday night, Friday games that we've got here because 
it, it, it's an opportunity for you to watch football on a day perhaps that you're not expecting to. So uh, if you do happen to have the day off or you're working from home, get it on and, and enjoy a bit of Group of Five football. Now, the last one is Boise State at Utah State. Now, Boise State off to a bit of a scratchy start. Utah State 3-0 and after wins against Washington State by three points um, and Air Force as well, who are you know not that great at the moment. But Boise State have lost a couple of big matchups, UCF and Oklahoma State. So they've had a pretty tough go of it early on. But Utah State's offense is just doing work. Averaging over 550 yards a game, 41 points as well. So expect... Um, more kind of points and yards in this one. I really, really like Khalil Shakir from Boise State. He's a fantastic receiver. So this one here looks like a lot of fun to me. Not a lot of defense probably, but you know, should see some points. Yeah, look, Boise State's defense stood up last week. They've got some players. Uh, so they're certainly going to be an intriguing matchup for that Utah State team that, as you mentioned, is just kind of running riot at the moment. I think it was a really exciting matchup and, and the group of five matchup of the week. Boise State, I think, most expect to get back to 500, uh, which I think is probably a little bit disrespectful where Utah State are at at the moment. They're at home. They're giving up nine, or they're, they're getting nine points uh, as an underdog there, which to me seems like a lot. Uh, and, and I think they're, they're going to put up a good showing. Any other games I missed? I know we haven't spoken about Florida State, Louisville um, this particular week, but... Until Florida State pull their finger out, I don't think we des- they deserve to be talked about. Can I, Ooh, can I say that? Cop that. Well, I think that's really just directed at Lewis. 100% so it is. That's really all you're getting to there. Um, Kansas Duke, we haven't spoken about either. So there's a few <laughs> other games floating around in terms of you know options if you are desperate, but it feels like we have covered most of the decent ones, and there should be something for everyone today. Or this weekend, at least. All right, let's get to the fun stuff. Yeah, you just... Yeah, okay. All right, let's hit the championship draft then. Uh, So very quickly, as we go through the AP poll, to me, it feels like it's Alabama, Georgia, and then the rest at this stage. And what that rest is, is a bit hard to see. But fantastic that Oregon, Iowa, and Penn State are all in the mix inside the top seven. Uh, or inside the top six, actually. Uh, so good to see that we're starting to upset the apple card a fraction and the top of college football has shifted. Any t- hot takes for you on the AP poll this week? Yeah, look, Michigan State made a big entrance in, uh, jumped all the way up to 20, which I think is keen. Uh, BYU obviously rocketed up to uh, into 15, which I think a lot of people were down on them like me and, and they've surprised. So, so that's... what. A well-earned spot for them there. Uh, Ole Miss are starting to get a bit of love as well, uh, shooting their way up. So it's it, it, it all makes sense for me. Uh, I think there's a lot vying on on the outside to get in, but you're right. It's Alabama and Georgia. I've got a fair bit of confidence about those two programs. Outside of that, it's a lot of fun as to yeah. who's going to fill in the spots. And it feels like a team like, well, there's a whole bunch of teams that can really put themselves in good spots. It feels like Texas A&M are going to be unlucky. They could be on the outside looking in again just because of the strength in the SEC. Um, Realistically, you could run me all the way down to Ole Miss and and like that could be it, I guess. Not Notre Dame. Not Notre Dame. 
I do not see a world in which they make it. The way they've started this year. I mean, you've only got to win. I know that. But the other stat that I saw, they play so many teams coming off buyers. Like majority of the teams that they play, <laughs> they get the week after that team has had a buyer, which is unbelievable. Are you uh, saying that uh, Notre Dame have got a tough schedule? No, I'm not. Uh, Cincinnati look like they're perhaps in good shape. And to me, it's Penn State. Penn State are the team that has a real opportunity here to make their way into the playoff for the first time, I believe. I don't think they've been in oh, yet. It'd have have to be. It'd have to be. Uh, all right. So the actual championship draft, I don't know who's up and I don't know what teams I've got. I do this every good. week. I don't even know who I'm let, Well, let me help you with all of that because I've got it. Because so, my, my group is a dumpster fire at this point. It's so. not looking great. So you've got Alabama. That's fantastic. You, we, maybe we could leave it there with you, but let's mm. not. Let's, let's go into it. Uh, you had Arizona State. You only bought them for a buck and, and then they... They climbed up and they were up to 19 and then they lost to BYU. So now they're worth nothing. Uh, not yeah. great for you. No, you had Utah. Uh, you bought they're them not for a couple of bucks. collecting votes at this point. So yeah. that's- <laughs> a couple of bucks and now they're out. So you lost a couple of bucks there. Uh, you bought TCU. Um, which is not a yeah. bad buy. They're still on the outside. They win against SMU here and they'll jump in, uh, I, I yep. dare say. So you'd be feeling good about that. Then last week you brought in UCF. Uh, they then lost to Louisville. So that yeah, has that. not helped your cause uh, and they're going to struggle to, to get back How much back cash have I got to spend? You have $2. You have $2 to spend, uh, which does right. not free up a lot for you uh, option-wise. So that's where you're at. Uh, total mm. of $27 with your Bama plus two bucks. Uh, me, on the other hand, managed to have all of my teams win and went backwards, which is interesting. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. Oklahoma State. <laughs> were uh, the first ones out, right? So they were. I bought them for $0 and they were receiving the most votes but not in. Uh, they've gone yeah. 3-0 and to start the year and <laughs> they're now not like no closer. They've, they've gone backwards, 3-0. and So if you were to tell me that three weeks in that that was the case, I would have called you a fucking liar. Um, but hey, that's, it's, it's deserved. I get that. <laughs> Uh, Coastal Carolina, I bought for four bucks. Uh, they'd jumped up uh, to sixteen. They had jumped up, uh, but they've slid back a, a spot this week. So I've lost a dollar on them on the back of a win. Awesome, thank you. Uh, but they're worth nine bucks, so that's all right. Uh, I had OU who uh, bought for twenty four, and they've dropped down another spot. Oregon's jumped them, so I lost a dollar there. Just <laughs> dripping dollars with these winning teams. Uh, yeah. I bought LSU and they won, but uh, are still kind of not not quite there. They they need to beat Mississippi State this, this week. This could get to, ugly for them as well. Like if they lose this one, certainly they're, they're, they're not making be. money for the rest of the year. Uh, and Liberty uh, had a good win. I think they got a, an extra four votes. So they're at this rate might be getting the top twenty-five come week ten. So. <laughs> It's, it's my turn this week. That is very um, humorous. I enjoyed that. My, my turn. And I, in light of all of this, I figured I need to change gears a bit. Like I, oh, I, could okay. go to, I could go two ways about this. I could just keep picking off teams and watch you just burn your shit to the ground because it's not <laughs> as if you're lighting it up at the moment. So yeah. that certainly went through my mind as, as an option. But uh, I'm not going to. You know I like to trade. You know I, I'm moving things around. So I'm shifting Coastal Carolina. I knew you were going to dump Coastal, it, yeah. It, it makes sense, right? Like yeah, they've made they've made me five bucks and to be like... They were they the could, darling last year. They, they could win out from here. They're probably not going to get the same love. They, they, they win out from here and they're probably not going to climb all that much. They, they don't have anything juicy on their schedule to really do that. So I'm, I'm going to sell them uh, and... Buy uh, BYU. 
<laughs> you going all in on BYU. I'm going to get uh, me nine bucks for that. Uh, and that frees up a number of options for me, right? Uh, mm. I, uh, like if you start looking get to it, mate. Come through, on. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm taking North Carolina. I mentioned it. I mentioned it just recently uh, in their game preview. I think they honestly could win every game that they have out. I know they've got Notre Dame on the road, which will be a, a tough one. Uh, but I'll have a better f- understanding of where both of those programs are by the time they play there. I know they've got to play your mob too, but from what I'm seeing there, it's, it's not no, too much are. of a concern. I'm hoping that actually North Carolina are the death nail for Manny Diaz. So um, There you go. So, yeah. so it's North Carolina for me, uh, and they're going to cost me $5. I am going to spend my last two bucks, and I'm going to buy UCLA. I'm going all in on the Bruins. Why not? My team sucks, and that effectively means they're going to lose to Stanford this week. But if they can somehow pull their shit together the rest of the way in the Pac-12, they will rise. Okay, UCLA. Sure, why I, not? I, I I don't hate that. There's your two bucks there. Uh, I've got take zero that out of money. Your bank. Yeah, you got zero money. I've got uh, six bucks in the bank now. Um. Good. You're gonna. We'll you've go. got me. You've got me by the testicles here early. I'm in trouble. Awesome. All right. Let us continue on as we get to the gambling aspects. I know how much you like it. So. And how much you love that sound effect. Uh, We are going Vault Studios sure thing. Uh, Now, you've got a bit uh, of a take on uh, this. It's not the sure thing anymore. No. It is the Vault Studios Kiss of Death. We have officially rebranded it. Uh, I've put in the order for all of our branding around the studios here to be redone. Um, It is the Vault Studios Kiss of Death because we are that fucking bad at it. So uh, if, if you have a rooting interest in any of these programs, pray that you do not hear any of us getting around you because you could be in big trouble. Or if your team's playing this team, then you're sweet. So uh, There is that. There is that. We'll go the other way. So let's start with Lewis. He's going Clemson at minus 10 against NC State. So congratulations, Wolfpack. You've just got yourself at least a cover, probably a win as well. Definitely. Uh, say that again. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, I'm, gl- I'm glad I got you to hit that again. That was magical. Uh, Corey's gone... Minnesota Bowling Green, he's taking the over at 51.5. Richie's TCU minus nine, his Horned Frogs. That's a real homer ja- pick. That's dangerous, it, especially it when is a, what you've it seen. It's a homer pick. Yeah. I went that and it was a nightmare for me. Exactly uh, right. What, what we've seen, this is oh, dangerous. dangerous. Why would you do it to yourself? Yeah. JA has gone USC to win as favorites, <laughs> and then he has to take the line. So he is at minus 12, so he is taking the points there. Yeah, I've taken Ohio State to beat Akron. Just to win. <laughs> Good. Uh, you're taking Florida State plus two against Louisville. Yeah, it's happening. Go Knowles. <laughs> okay. And I've got Texas at minus eight against Texas Tech. So um, there'll be a whole lot of red on this spreadsheet as we have gone, what, five for 18 so do, far. Do you know when FSU last started 0-4? Uh, oh. It would be years and years, like I'm talking like 50s, 40s or 50s. 
Look, the answer is neither of us know now, but we will almost certainly both know come Sunday. <laughs> if it evening. happens, if it happens, yeah. Once it happens. Once it happens. All right. Uh, Will's favourite se- segment because he's actually winning money at the moment. So let's hit it. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. <laughs> Here we go. Here comes the money. And as I kind of gave you a little sneak peek here behind the curtain earlier, we, I can talk you through the narrative of, of why these picks are going to happen in this week's... <laughs> a made-up narrative. Good. Super Yankee. Hey, if it works, it works. I've tried a lot of things and, and we're onto something here. So... Uh, we will run through this week's picks. Uh, a lot of early slate games here, so I'm going to know quite early on uh, how I'm feeling here, which is not such a bad thing. It's nice to have some optimism late in the day, but uh, I, I feel good about these picks, and it's been a, a ride so far, so I hope you guys are following along with me and, and making some cash. Uh, but let's get into it. So I'm going to start things with uh, the LSU pick. So they're on the road uh, to Mississippi State. I like that two and a half points. Give me the two and a half points uh, f- against so that they have to cover. I think they do that. I think they're a much better football team, a much better team. Yes, tough place to play, but I think they're much better uh, and that they'll cover that. So two and a half LSU. Uh, give me Boston College to win. So BC, I've got, I've got that in mind as well, so well done. I've I got like BC it. as the underdog against Missouri at home. I think they run the ball really well and are able to get it done here. So give me the home underdog to win uh, $1.98. So you're not getting great odds, but I think they're... They're uh, only a, good, a dollar point. Uh, 1.5 point yeah. dogs in this one. So it's... Yeah, for, so it's $1.98. For, for Missouri to like win and not cover is... That'd be tough sledding. That would be impressive. Uh, I'm, I'm also jumping to that FCS, uh, sorry, the group of five uh, matchup we were talking about. Um, Utah State, I like the nine and a half points there. I, th- I think they're going to score a lot. Uh, I'll take that uh, as a, a home team that is a good team. Yes, they're playing against a very good uh, program in Boise State, but I like the nine and a half there. So give me Utah State plus nine and a half. Uh, Texas A&M in that neutral site matchup. Yes, big game, but I'm very confident that they're going to beat... Uh, Arkansas and beat them quite comfortably as well uh, I think I kind of said two or three scores I, I firmly believe that so the five and a half points they're given there does not scare me at all give me Texas A&M and then I'm going to finish it off with my sure thing which is a dangerous thing uh, to do you know, given the fact that it is the kiss of death and we'll be going the, the, the wrong way around but Florida State I think we still see more of that Florida State outfit against uh, Notre Dame than we do Jackson State uh, and in that, that that will be enough for them to knock over a Louisville team who was good last week but I still don't have a, a whole heap of faith in so give me a $2.04 for F- FSU to win uh, I've got a heap here One, two, three, five, six. I've got 7 I'll quickly the BC game I agree with you I'm taking Vandy plus 34 and a half at home against Georgia uh, Georgia with a, maybe a fraction of a look-ahead spot against Arkansas coming to town next week. So Vandy don't need to do much. 35 points is a shitload. So a if they can just keep Georgia at bad, I still don't think Georgia's offense is that good. Their defense is really good, but we'll see how we go in that one. If, if uh, Vanderbilt, can te- score, Vanderbilt can score twice, they'll cover that. Yeah. 
Ten, so maybe like a pick six or something would be handy. Uh, a kickoff return. Texas minus eight. That is my sure thing for the week against Texas Tech. Tech struggled early against FIU. They battled against an FCS opponent as well. I just don't think Texas Tech are that great. Georgia State plus 27 against Auburn. Yes, it's on the road, but Penn State beat up on Auburn last week. And I say beat up. They didn't on the scoreboard, but a physically demanding game. And then next week, Auburn go to LSU, one of the toughest road trips there is. A look-ahead spot there. Um, I think they come out a fraction flat. Give me Georgia State at plus 27. I'm taking UCLA minus 6 and the over there as well at 58.5 points. I think there's a lot. Um, I'm taking North Carolina at minus 12. Two touchdowns. They're going to put up heaps of points. Georgia Tech aren't able to score. I think that that line, that number is nowhere near where it needs to be. So I should actually make North Carolina my sure bet. I feel way better about that one than the Texas one. But either way, um, that is my seven. I, okay. Uh, we'll see how you go. I'm glad that we've only got one in alignment because I don't really want to hitch myself to your wagon at the moment from what we've seen. But uh, hopefully the punters out there uh, know where to go for their winners and, uh, and know what else is happening. Yeah, yeah. The shittest segment in all of podcast history. Who you got, Will? Uh, good question. I'm, I'm doubling down on Kansas. <laughs> Which... Yeah. Which doesn't seem wise because it could be a long time before Kansas pull an upset like this. But they're playing Duke, who are fucking garbage. Yeah, they beat Northwestern, who are also really bad this year. So, <laughs> like, Kansas still are all right. Yes, against Baylor, maybe that was a bit of a reach. But this Duke team, they can sh- surely beat them. So, give me, give me the Jayhawk. Uh, I'm going West Virginia on the road. I don't believe in this. I don't believe in many of these. Uh, But maybe Oklahoma's average start just continues and West Virginia does something a bit strange. I don't know. Again, this is a shit fight of a segment and we're not going to see anything fun for the rest of the year. Anyway, uh, that now brings us to the end. Have I missed anything, Will? I think you've hit it all, my friend. All right. Please make sure that you do hit us up on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at CFB down under... On behalf of that guy over there, thank you very much for joining us for our week four preview. Enjoy your afternoon, evening, and the rest of your week leading into this week four slot. We are now a quarter of the way through the year already. It's happening. We're moving. And this thing's going to be over in the blink of an eye. On behalf of that guy over there, my name's Aaron. That is Will. And we will see you next time. (laughs) 